When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Standard Podcast production. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. He's Vish Kumarin. We are late. That is my fault, Vish. I apologize. Had to pick up my son from school today, and the uh, pickup process was not as smooth as a John Lynch press conference. I'm just glad you're late, to be honest. There's been a lot made of me being late, which I am, to every single one of our shows because I have a work meeting that ends right as our show starts. In fact, there was a reviewer on the podcast that was very upset. He said, I like the show, but I can't watch it because the other guy's always late. And I said, fair. (laughs) And now finally, thanks to your son's pickup line and whatever kind of circus that, that the school causes trying to pick kids up, I now get to be on time today, and Rob is late. What a great yes. day. Yes, and I am throwing Bear Path Elementary under the bus completely. Bear Path uh, so Elementary. We have the John Lynch press conference. It has happened. And uh, take a wild guess as to whether or not I'm satisfied, Vish. I mean, they talked about the draft for about 15 of the 20 minutes, so I'm going to say no. Of course I'm not satisfied. Of course I'm not satisfied. What was your reaction? I'll let you go first to the Trey Lance stuff, which was one of the, it was the, literally the first question asked. Yeah, it was a really weird way that he answered the questions because he first started off when he was asked about it by talking about um, how when any player, you know, they're actively trying to trade play any player. And then he caught himself and he said, not that we're actively trying to trade any him, but you know, when any time some player goes through the process of being shopped, I have a conversation with him. And then he brought up the Mike McGlinchey example. What was interesting to me about the Mike McGlinchey example, Rob, was one, McGlinchey had an expiring contract, so there was a financial situation on whether the 49ers could mm-hmm. keep him. There's no fi- financial requirements or no financial caps issues in terms of keeping Trey Lance. And then two, he mentioned that they actively shopped Mike McGlinchey. Isn't this a situation where teams are calling about him? I don't know how that's a pretty accurate comparison, but I kind of got it. And then... I thought the way he answered the questions was how I expected him to answer the question. And in fact, um, I I thought that he could have been a little more resounding in saying that they are not planning to trade him. Because like I said from day one, there's not been a lot of logic here in the idea of trading Trey Lance right now. It just doesn't make sense. Here is the biggest clue that they are willing to trade Trey Lance. He was asked. Lynch was about Nick Bosa. What if a team calls right. to trade for Nick Bosa? And his exact quote was that, that hotline is closed. Oh, online, online. That's what you say when you're not going to trade a player. Are you going to trade this guy? No. What do they say about Trey Lance? Will you trade Trey Lance? Well, we'll listen on anybody. Well, apparently right. it's not anybody, Vish. So 49ers Twitter 
who for weeks afterwards was telling us they're not going to trade Trey. They said they'd listen on anybody. It's bullshit. They're not listening on Bosa, but they are on Trey. Yeah, I mean, he never closed the door on trading Trey Lance in this nope. presser. He said he envisions him being on this roster next year, but he never said, oh, we won't trade him. He said he just said he would have to be blown away by that offer. And nobody asked him what would that offer have to be, John. So he kind of was able to, you know, just say something and get out of there. I, I thought the other thing was when he was asked about Lamar Jackson at the very end of the press conference. Yep. He said, we ha- we are convicted on Brock Purdy. And then he paused and then he said the rest of the quarterback room. I thought that was interesting as well. Yep. And by the way, like terrible job once again by the 49ers press corps. Matt Mayoko gets the first question in the press conference. It's about Lance. That's good. But instead, he doesn't ask, did you talk to the Vikings about trading Trey Lance? He asked three questions in one question, which is a terrible way to do it. And he basically just assumed that the discussions were going on. He didn't ask if they were going on. He just assumed that they were because he knows that they are. And John Lynch said, well, it was a lot of smoke and yada, yada, yada. Like, Can we pause there, though? The interesting thing about the smoke, if he said there haven't been offers flying in, then why is this put out, right? I think a lot of us felt that when Rappaport reported what he reported, it was because somebody in this situation wanted the world to know that the 49ers are listening for the right offer on Mm -hmm. Trey Lance and they're willing to listen for it. John Lynch said in this press conference that it's been more smoke than anything, right? In this, from the standpoint that there haven't been as many calls as it would be made to seem by Rappaport's report. Then right. why is Rappaport reporting on it? Who is putting it out there is my question. Of course it's the 49er. And John said, oh, we haven't put it out there that it's 1-800-TRADE-TRADE-LAND. Yes, you have. Somebody put it out there, and I apologize for my voice, which apparently has just gone out. Uh, somebody put it out there, and it wasn't Trey Lance's people. So, like, give no, me a break with that. No, because that's what I was speculating. And I told Grant to ask the specific question, is there urgency from Trey Lance's representatives to ensure that he plays? And John Lynch said a clean no to that one. He didn't no, even say there's discussions or anything. He said no to that. Yes. So Grant asked, has anybody from Lance's team reached out to you about a possible trade request if he's not the starter? And Lynch just said no. So yeah. that's how you answer a question like that, right? That's how you answer a question yeah. like that. If the answer is no, you just say no. Um, Nick R says that a lot of smoke comment makes me think I might be more on base with the question I asked you on Twitter, Rob. I apologize, Nick. I don't remember what question that was. I got a lot of questions on Twitter. So if you throw it in the chat again, uh, I'll, I'll try and get to it for you. Corey Soto, and we can expand on this, says John Lynch's response to the Purdy injury and timeline didn't exactly instill confidence either, not to mention the elbow scratching. Props to TL. He'll be here. So Lynch was asked about Purdy. Trey Lance, not props. Oh, apropos. Sorry. Yeah, my bad. Reading is a a tough skill for me. Um, He was asked about Purdy. Could he miss the season? And and about, about Brock saying that. And he basically didn't say no he said well that's just brock trying to take it one day at a time essentially so it's on the table clearly oh absolutely i i think that they can't be certain about it no matter how they want to talk about it no matter how they want to present it to the fans and john lynch did then go on to say not that we're nervous about him not recovering we're very i mean how many times in this press conference did he mention how happy he was with the progress brock purdy has made from 
May 10th to April 24th, right? Or March 10th when he got the surgery to April 24th. He mentioned it like three times. I think that um, the interesting thing there is that, you know, you and I have been talking about this for since the injury happened. There is no certainty here with him. There None. shouldn't be certainty with here with him. So I, I think that that was just a very honest and natural answer from John Lynch because that's the situation. And that's why we've always said that why would you trade Trey Lance when you don't even have an answer on when Brock Purdy is coming back, right? Like that that was the entire start of this conversation. We kept asking what changed with Trey Lance because we were like, if Brock Purdy is healthy, you have an argument on why you would want to move off of him. But here you have this looming injury over Brock Purdy and he's not going to play yep. the entire offseason and all of this. Then why are we having conversations about Trey Lance possibly being moved? Which is why won't they just say no the way he said no about Bosa? That's the we like they're still willing to do it. Or Debo right. last year. And Debo Samuel requested a trade. John Lynch was asked about it. And John Lynch said, no, we're not going to trade. That's the weird thing is that even with all that, the cloud of that uncertainty that you've talked about, they're still not saying, no, we won't trade Trey Lance. Even if they have the ultimate get out of jail free card and saying, hey, we just don't know about Brock. We'd be, we'd be willing to discuss it, but we don't know about right. Brock. They're not saying that. So that I think is telling also. Right, right. He, to me, the takeaway when he said all that smoke was there was that it's not that they're not unwilling to trade him. It's that they're just not they just don't expect to get the offers that would force them to trade him. And we know that they'll stand on their quarterback regardless of what they think they did. They think about him. They did that to Jimmy Garoppolo last year. They didn't want to trade Jimmy Garoppolo for a third round pick because they felt like they could get a third round pick when he walked this year as a compensatory pick. And then they ended up keeping him. Yeah, <sighs> I didn't like the questions, Vish. John Lynch said, oh, those talks didn't get to be substantive. Why not? Where was the follow-up? Why didn't they, John? Is it because you told teams, call me back in June after Brock throws? Is it because you told teams it's going to take three first-round picks? Why didn't the talks progress? They called you. They were willing to talk. They wanted to know about trading right. Trey Lance. Why didn't the talks go any further? Like, where are these questions, man? It's like they go in and they're like, okay, we know we have to ask about Trey. Got our tray question. Okay, check the box. We don't have to do anything else. Like, damn, man. Right, right. Not to mention, Paul. I see Paul Perriman, and he brings up a good point in the chat saying Bosa's the only no. But there was another no in this press conference. What did he say about Brandon Ayuk? Well, I wasn't convinced there either. I, he didn't say no about Brandon Ayuk, but there was a lot more there on why they wouldn't trade Brandon Ayuk rather than we just have been listening because we listen on everybody or something like that. You know, here's the weird thing. They were like, Hey, why haven't you picked up Ayuk's fifth year option? And Lynch's response was first. He said, we want to get through the draft, which to me means we might trade him during the draft. And second, he said, Oh, I want to have a conversation with him. What what's if you're picking up his option, what's the conversation need to be? Like, what, what do you need to sit him down and brace him for the fact that he's going to be around for another year? Why would you need to do that? Unless either you're not sure about keeping him or the guy wants out and you're going to have a conversation saying, hey, we're not getting rid of you. Someone in the chat says they take the mic so they can't ask follow-up questions. <laughs> Just shout it out, man. But, you know, do you see what I'm saying on Ayuk? No, I, I, I do agree with you, but I, I felt like – when he talked about Ayuk, he said, you know, hey, um, that's a great point about the money. 
But we have big plans for this year with our football team, and Brandon's a big plans for these plan for this year. Then he went on to the long term. But I think the thing with Ayuk is right now with where he is and the number he's going to be at his fourth year. And like if you let's say you get an end of the first round pick for him, let's pretend like you can get that for Brandon Ayuk. In this right. draft, you're not drafting a wide receiver that's going to be t- as talented as getting drafted at 25 as Brandon Ayuk was in that draft, one of the greatest wide receiver drafts True. ever. So you're not really matching equal value of trading Brandon Ayuk, even if you have to cover that financial situation. And whatever return you get for Brandon Ayuk is not going to help you this year when you have big plans for this year as much as you are going to get for the other whatever you get back for him. Now, you could make a similar argument about Trey Lance, and I agree with it. Whatever you get for Trey Lance is likely not going to make this team make a significant impact on this team as much as a quarterback who ends up playing well is. But for whatever reason, John Lynch didn't go on and on about how they have big plans for Trey. He just said Trey has been working really hard. Um, We're really happy with where he is. I think he's really happy with the progress he's made as well. And they just went to talk about it that way rather than saying, well, look, we think he could be our starter next year, right? In the end, he said, we have three guys we really, really like, and we're excited to see them compete. We've heard the three guys you really, really like message from this organization before. They stood pat on Jimmy G, Nick Mullins, and CJ Beathard until 2020 for three straight years because they were happy with those three guys. I didn't like anything about this press conference. I didn't like the questions. I didn't like Lynch's answers. The only answer I liked was the Bosa answer. It's like when you go to a doctor, Vish, and you're like, hey, I got this mole. Can you look at it? Can you tell me if it's cancer? The only answer you want to hear from the doctor is, is it cancer? Nope. That's it. Anything. Well, it could be cancer. We don't know. You don't rule out the possibility we're, we're of any ruling being. Out. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You want to hear no. So that's what I wanted to hear about trading Ayuk. That's what I wanted to hear about trading Lance. And we didn't get that. We only got it for Bosa. Antonio watching. Thanks for the super chat. I'm admittedly in denial about the team giving up on Trey because it helps me sleep at night. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I've thought about it when my head hit the pillow and the lights went out. I was wondering if Trey Lance is going to get moved before the end of the week. I I understand it, too. If I was in the position where I didn't have to ever talk about this publicly and I would have to be as honest about the situation and honest with myself as possible, if I was just back to, you know, me three years ago, just rooting for this team as a fan and obsessively looking at football and all of that. I there's zero chance that I would be in denial about it as well. hundred percent. I'd be like, why is Rappaport making up this BS? <laughs> and, and today he went on NFL Network, and Rappaport did and said they could trade Trey Lance in August. If a team has a significant quarterback injury, they could move Trey Lance. Why? Because Sam Darnold will have more time in the system. They'll know about Brock Purdy. Like they're out on Trey. They're just out on him. It seems like. I don't know if we can say they're out, but there's they're no longer fully in on him. That's obvious. When they made the pick, out. when they made the pick, right? The expectation that is that you're fully in because of the assets they gave up and because it's a quarterback drafted in the top five. That's just how the NFL works. You take a quarterback in the top five, your organization is geared towards building up that quarterback. It's the most valuable position, arguably, in sports, and that's the business of sports. It's taken four starts, and they're no longer fully invested in that plan. 105 passes. That's it. <laughs> like, think about that. That's where we are. Uh, Paul Perryman watching on YouTube. This is by far the most positive Lynch has been on Trey. Not that it means anything. He did say 
that Trey Lance is working on some things that he wanted to change. He's excited and he has reason to be excited. I thought that was a little interesting too. So maybe have they seen some sort of improvement for Trey? See, I don't get this one in general. I've never seen John Lynch say anything besides positives on a player. John (laughs) Lynch would compliment a piece of to the media if he could. (laughs) He would say the nicest, most honest thing he could say about the piece of because that's just who he is. I I don't ever get the – I never get the realization from John Lynch that he dislikes. In fact, I I feel like he has complimented Trey Lance – publicly more than anybody on the 49ers talking about how good he's been to Brock Purdy when he comes off the field and all of that. I that's true. I've never seen Lynch be negative on a player. It actually makes me think, you know, going back to the fifth year option thing, he said, we need to have a conversation with Ayuk and Kinlaw. The conversation I think is with Kinlaw telling him they're yeah. not picking up his fifth year yeah. option. I think so too. Cause it's already that's, been reported. Yeah. He said, I don't want to say it publicly, but it was reported way earlier in this off season by somebody ver- ver- verifiable, I think a Barrows, a Mayoko, somebody like that, they said that they're going to pick up Ayuk's option and not pick up Javon Kinlaw's option. He yeah, did also I mean, talk about how happy he is with where J.K. is. J.K. is healthy. He, he gave the similar answers that he gave about Trey Lance. He's healthy now. We're happy with the progress he's made. We think he's in a really good place. He said the same thing about um, Kinlaw as well. At least he didn't mention his goddamn window. Oh, I could see him working out of my window. Every guy rumor has it about... he still sees D Ford room working outside the window. <laughs> Every guy he says that about ends up worse after John Lynch says it than he was at the time of the comment. Um, there was another comment here that I wanted to get to, and I can't remember where it went. Oh, um, he said about Lance: the only thing that's changed with Trey Lance is that he's gotten healthy, which yeah. is a weird way to phrase that. Like. It almost sounds like a negative, but it, what he said was positive. I thought that was a very strange phrasing. So what did you take from that? Because my takeaway, my immediate was, hey, somebody asked a question. Was he battling something last offseason that they felt like was bothering him? Something oh, that caused, right, the finger, right? But instead of 49ers press go our next question, hey, John, you guys have done a really good job drafting <laughs> after Brown's speech. But I thought I agree too. That stood out to me when I listened to the presser. Now I know I listened to it only one time live raw. You're not going to be able to gather everything from one listen. But when he said a big change is that he's healthy this offseason, it, it, it really made me wonder, was he maybe talking about the arm fatigue, Rob? Like maybe that, like he had a sore arm and he had to deal with that. Now that we know that that was a thing, but not a thing. I, that that one perked up my ears a little bit to ask some questions, but hey, I, I at least got to learn about how the Niners have replaced Rand Carthon and what Frank Gore has been doing in draft meetings. Right, too. like so that's the other thing, right? The only thing that's changed is that he's healthy. Uh, John, John, if that's true, why won't you say right now he's the backup quarterback while Brock is out? Why won't you say if the only thing that's changed is a positive is that Trey is healthy now and he wasn't healthy and you still believe in him? Why won't you say he's going to be the starter until Brock comes back? Where's that question? Too. He said that he, they really like Sam Darnold. They believe they have three really talented quarterbacks and they're excited to see them compete. But then he also said the reason they didn't trade for Lamar Jackson or even discuss that is because they feel really convicted and convicted his words in Brock Purdy in Brock pause and the rest of the quarterback. <laughs> oh yeah. Shoot. I got to remember to say that like again. So the, Stop telling me how honest the 49ers are when they're clearly being disingenuous with us. 
and any amount of scrutiny whatsoever will show you that. I mean, Colin Cowher the other day said, oh, the Bay Area media is an attack dog media. Get the hell out of here, Colin. If you needed any more proof that Colin Coward will literally say anything that pops into his head at any time, there you go. I mean, describing the 49ers press corps as an attack dog media Look, is the biggest mischaracterization of all time. I'll say this. It sounds a little controversial, but I, I'm thankful that they are the way they are because it opens up space for other people. Yes. Other teams don't have this much Indeed. content creation, and it's because the fans are satisfied with the coverage that the beat provides. If the Agreed. fans are satisfied with the beat, the coverage the beat provides, then they're not seeking out content from bozos like Vish Kumar and who sits in his weird, lightless, no Hostage decorations room. bedroom and starts yelling about the 49ers. That's true. Thank you, 49ers Press Corps, for giving right. us a market for what we but, do. And yeah, no, but even even that, it, it goes beyond that, Rob. Like, you can call the Barry media an attack dog media, whatever, but... Jay Cruz says, pretty sure the Niners front office are just trolling us at this point, almost like a big old middle finger to the media. I mean, look, this is Lynch's primary purpose, is doing what he did today. Speaking to the media so that Kyle Shanahan doesn't have to. It's like that line in office space where he goes, what would you say you do here? And the guy says, I deal with the damn customers so the engineers don't have to that's john lynch's primary purpose he's there so the engineers don't have to deal with the customers so those were the two big things you're right though that that line from lynch about yeah we looked into lamar but we're so convicted on broad like he said like oh you have to look into it because you're not going to be doing your job if you're not right. like that to me means i don't even think they really looked into it he's saying that as lip service because he knows they're going to get killed if they didn't look into right. mahomes and then he says we didn't look into lamar Right. But they are convinced, they are convicted, to use John That's Lynch's his word, word, his word. That Brock is it. Brock's the guy. Right, yeah. I mean, it, it's hard to look past that at this point. And I see a lot of people saying, well, Lynch says that, but Shanahan never said that, and there's disconnect. And so I went back and looked at Shanahan's press conference at the owners meeting. Shanahan okay. says the same exact thing. He said the same exact thing. He said the way he played in eight games, if he wasn't injured, he would be the starter. The only yeah. difference in what Shanahan has said to this point compared to what Lynch has said has, one, been the timeline on Brock Purdy. Shanahan said the week four, and Brock, Lynch said the July 28th. And then the other thing is that Shanahan just left the door open for Trey Lance. That's all he said. He said, yes. hey, he could still take the job. And then when he was pressed on it, he also agreed, hey, it'll be really difficult, but I'm just saying he could take the job too. I agree with you. The idea that they were somehow different about that. I, Shanahan basically said the same thing. He's going to be the guy. If he was healthy, he would have been the guy. What do you make of the fact that no quarterback speaking? Christian McCaffrey, Eric Armstead, Jake Brendel. Jake Brendel. What the hell is Jake Brendel doing in there? One of these things is not like the other. No quarterback <laughs> speaking at this thing? Are you surprised? Uh, Why no. can't Brock come out there? No, I, his, I mean, let's be honest, Rob. His mouth is fine. Let's be honest, Rob. We have been looking for Jimmy Garoppolo to talk off-season after off-season <laughs> for the last four years, and he's never presented to us. Dude, he's not even presented in the early part of the off-season. Remember during the COVID when his name went through all the trade rumors, whatever, and then we knew he was back and whatever, but Kittle talked to the media and Eric Armstead and Trent Williams. Dude, they haven't mic'd him up. When they released their NRG on their YouTube page since 2017, 
They mic up all the premier players on the football <laughs> team for at least one game. They didn't mic up the starting quarterback once. They don't want to put the quarterback in front of the media. They don't want to feature the quarterback as part of the team or as something above the team, or they don't market it that way. They didn't even market either quarterback in their state of the franchise after they drafted a quarterback. So I don't know what to say. I'm amazed that they didn't let any quarterback speak. I mean, I shouldn't say I'm amazed. I'm not surprised. Like, this is not normal is what I mean to say. Hell, the Dolphins let Tua speak. He said he was thinking about retirement, you know, and yet Brock Purdy's mouth is fine. He didn't hurt his mouth. He's perfectly capable of talking. He's perfectly capable of giving an interview. We know this because he gave one where he said he might not play this year. I think it was at that moment where any chance he had of speaking to the media today was immediately eliminated. Like, why can't we hear from the guy that's the that's the presumed leader in the clubhouse? How could we not hear from the quarterback, Vish? 49ers. We didn't we had we didn't hear how much did we hear from Jimmy Garoppolo? Well, that's because they couldn't find him. They didn't know where the hell he was. Touché. He kept ghosting them. Touche. But I mean, like I why can't we hear from Brock? There's so many questions we want to know about Brock. At least give him the chance to say, hey. When I talked to Yahoo, you know, I, I didn't mean that I might miss the season. I was just really wanted to say that I'm focused on my rehab and, and hitting my, you know, individual check mark. Like, give them the chance to clear it up. But they don't even do that. Yeah. Justin watching on YouTube. The Brock situation seems eerily similar to the beginnings of the Jimmy tenure. Less than 10 starts and they find a franchise quarterback. How? That's what we've been saying all offseason. They seem to be making the same mistake. Now, the difference is they're not going to have to pay Brock where they had to pay Jimmy. But it seems to me that they are way too convicted about Brock. They shouldn't be this convicted this soon, Vish. Yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with the player or anything, right? Let's let's forget about that because perhaps they could see something. Because being convicted about a guy has to do with more than just what he does on the field, right? Like their conviction in Brock Purdy, if that exists to this level that we think it does, maybe we're completely wrong. Maybe they're putting on a front on how much it exists. But if it does exist to how much we think it does, it has to do with who they believe Brock Purdy is off the field as well. My issue with is how can you know with that injury? That's my biggest issue of this entire offseason. I'm not going to get into the football evaluation topic of this quarterback is better than this quarterback or he makes this throw better than this throw. I, I have my opinions on that, but ultimately those opinions are moot in regardless to this topic because their opinions are the ones that matter. My question is when the guy is this injured, he had surgery two months after the season. We don't know when he's going to be back. You have to wait till the June timeline till you even have a certainty on what area of the season he's coming back. And yet you're already this willing to discuss trades with other quarterbacks on your roster when you've been this affected by quarterback injury to the point where your GM in his pre-draft press conference is talking about how five different quarterbacks played for you last year and all of that. I don't know why we're having discussions about trading quarterbacks. Your room is cheap. This is not a financial issue. Every one of the quarterbacks on this roster is cheap, Rob. Every one of them. If Trey Lance didn't ask for a trade, which John Lynch said today that he didn't, I don't understand why we're having conversations about trading quarterbacks. Even if the guy presumed is the next Tom Brady, he has one arm right now. Because they have Sam. I think that's how they look at it. I think they look at it as we can get something for this asset and we have a good enough backup in place. And I'm not, I don't agree with that, but I just think that's what they would tell you. 
That's something, Rob, that's something better be something that makes them a better roster this year. It better not be a compensatory third round pick or a second round pick. And they take Aaron Banks, who plays three years from now or two years. (laughs) You know what I mean? Not right. Well, that's a separate issue, too, is they seem to have a philosophy of redshirting draft picks. Um, And that's Lynch pushed back on that, by the way. He kept talking about how they were looking for contributors this year. That's how they look when they draft. And that's what they plan to do this year as well. It, he said situationally that worked out that way for those guys. But yeah. Okay. But I mean, like, go look at their, I mean, they wouldn't even have played IU as much as they did his rookie year, right, except that right. there were so many injuries that he had to get in there. So, you know, he could say whatever he wants, but I think what they have done matters way more. And what they have done in for many guys, not all to be fair, but many is limit them their rookie year, especially at receiver. Right. I, I think it's clear that they prefer to pay, play veterans, right? I think we can say that. Yeah. They prefer to have guys who are experienced, who've been through it, who know how to handle themselves in different moments. They trust that over playing rookies. That that part is obvious. I don't think it's an unwillingness to play rookies, though. I just think it's because they feel like more secure in the maturity of a veteran player because they play in so many high-leverage, high-situation um, football games, right? Like Debo Samuel, for example, I don't think they had intentions of Debo Samuel starting week one of his rookie year. They build up that entire camp for Dante Pettis and Marquise Goodwin to be the starting receivers. Dante Pettis had a complete flop of a camp. Next thing you know, <laughs> Debo Samuel, who didn't take a single first team rep throughout that offseason, was starting week one. So stuff like that happens. By the way, did you hear the shout out to Dante Pettis in this presser? No we talked about players that we missed out on. I feel like it wasn't a talent thing. We're good at evaluating the talent. It was a mentality thing. Did that not scream Dante Pettis? Oh, okay. Yeah. I heard that part. I was going to say, I didn't hear him specifically shout out Dante Pettis. Yeah. That's well, that also, he, that would have been that, a gratuitous shot. If he was like, yeah, we missed out on Dante Pettis because he was, but like, think about that. Think about the hubris in that statement, right? Oh, it's not our fault. We've never missed on a guy talent wise. It's always because they didn't do the right thing. They didn't have the mentality. That's bogus by John Lynch, too. You scouted some dudes and you drafted some dudes who can't play. And there's no shame in that. That happens to everybody. Did Rodgers just get traded? Oh, my goodness. Did he? Someone in the chat said Rodgers got traded. Oh, hold on. I gotta Now I got to go to Twitter. Uh, Rodgers are finalizing a trade to send four-time NFL MVP to the Jets. It's about to be official, but hold on. Well, what's the second pick, though? We know the first pick is a second rounder this year, right? Oh, I don't know. I'm I'm still seeing the details as it uh, as it Green Bay gets number 13, number 42, number 207, 2024 conditional second round pick that come, can become a first. The Jets get the number 15 pick, number 170 pick, and Aaron. Wait, wait, wait. What? They Jets got swap? 15? So they swap first rounders. Assuming this is the right Tom Pelissero, which I feel like it is because there's 565,000 followers. They swapped <laughs> firsts. The Green Bay gets uh, 42, which that's a second round pick. Uh, Green Bay gets 207, a conditional second next year that could become a first. And the Jets get the swap first, which is 15, pick number 170, and Aaron Rodgers. How about wow. that? Wow. Shout out to those in the chat hooking us up with the breaking news. Wow. The, the 65% of plays is huge because I, I do remember all the insiders were saying that the big point of contention was that they didn't want to trade for Rogers, give up a first round pick the next year. And then Rogers walks away from the sport. 
But now if you just play 65% next year, Green Bay is going to get a first-round pick. Pick swap yeah, I don't is think, interesting, too. By I the way, he's wearing you. number eight. He, Joe Namath gave him the okay to wear number 12, but he will be wearing number eight if you were interested in that. According to Adam Schefter, who tweeted out yeah. a picture of him with number eight. Yeah. I wonder how he knows that detail. He lost his, didn't, wasn't he told to lose Rodgers? <laughs> I don't know. So I guess uh, the Aaron Rodgers to the 49ers talk can officially end. That ain't happening. Uh, no one asked about that too, by the way. That's another thing well, they could have asked. I thought, he said, I thought that's who he was um, talking about when he said there's been other players, former MVP players, not just Lamar, that have been available. Didn't he say that at the end? Uh, I, you know, I've only watched it once. So if I did miss that, then that's my bad. Um, but I thought that was just referring to Aaron Rodgers. Either way, I feel like the conversations about Aaron Rodgers and the 49ers were just great off season fillers for us to say, Hey, if they could get Aaron (laughs) Rodgers, absolutely go get freaking Aaron Rodgers, but they're not going to be able to get him. So wait, did the jets not give up a first round pick for Aaron Rodgers because they swapped? That's what, that's what 49ers would say, right? Well, I mean, yeah, but the ne- the conditional pick is a first-round pick, It doesn't right? matter. Of course they gave up a first-round pick. Just every conversation about the 49ers quarterback situation has infuriated I, because I, me. I don't, I don't think the draft is ever viewed as a transaction. Like, I don't think people realize that the draft is a transaction. You are using a first-round pick, cashing it in to draft a player. I think people are just looking at it as an asset you own, and that asset is now a first-round player. But really, to even – you get a first player in the first round, you're using a first round pick, right? You're using, of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we kind of knew this, but it's just another reminder that the deck is almost cleared in the NFC for the 49ers. You've got the Eagles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Obviously they're, they're great team. Almost won the Super Bowl. They have a great young quarterback, a great roster. And then that's kind of it. The Cowboys, okay, but the 49ers have beaten them two years in a row in the playoffs. Who else are you worried about? You're not worried about anybody else in the NFC North. I don't give a crap Seattle. about the Lions. You're worried about Seattle? The 49ers not worried, three but times last year. If we're talking about other teams in the conversation, right, great pedigree, great head coach. They have veteran talent across their roster. Like, And they drafted some young players who showed star potential. The NFC is so bereft of talent that that's really where we need to go next. That's the problem. Oh, yeah. I think they'll be a playoff team. Yeah, that's where we can go, really. Yeah, for for the record, I think they'll be a playoff team. Um, But I'm not worried about the 49ers. Like, I'm not shaking in my boots because we got to play the CF. Not like I was when Russ was there, I'll tell you that. I fear them way less without Russ and, of course, obviously the, the great defense and teams that they had. But that's it for the NFC. The Saints, think- no. Derek Carr, give me a break. The Buccaneers with Baker, no. Like, there's nobody else. The whole NFC South you could just forget about. It's The deck is clear for the Niners. Do you think with the amount of Uber quarterbacks that are in the AFC and how young they are, the NFL starts to talk about trying to redo the AFC-NFC stuff and all of that? No. Like a realignment? No. Yeah. I don't I mean, how many years did the NFC dominate the Super Bowl? They didn't do anything to, to stop it. True. They didn't do anything when Tom Brady was kicking everybody's ass for 20 years. True, 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 true. But you had a good distribution of quarterbacks between conferences, right? Like the NFC had Breeze and Rodgers. The AFC had Roethlisberger, Brady, Manning. Before you know, the NFC had Aikman Young. The AFC had Elway. It had Jim Kelly, Dan Marino. 
You know what's so going to be weird? I mean, this is the worst quarterback conference in the history of the sport, dude. It's it's up there. It's going to be weird. There's going to be if Trey starts out the season as the starter, there's going to be a weird comparison between Trey Lance now and Jordan Love, right? Oh, Both guys oh, that have gosh. been on a team for multiple years that didn't get to play right away. There's going to be that because if if Jordan Love's comes out, you know, like a house of fire and is kicking everybody's butt and Trey Lance is struggling, people are going to be like, well, see, the Packers did it right. They got their guy, developed them, and then it's going to be like, what's going on with the 49ers? Compound that with, obviously, comparison to what happens in Chicago with Justin Fields, a guy the Niners could have drafted. There is going to be a lot of pressure on Trey Lance if he starts the year at QB1. I think there's just pressure on the 49ers quarterback. That's something I think I've learned Everyone talks about the Dallas quarterback and that being like the premier position and so much pressure being there. The 49ers quarterback, the pressure cooker is insane because of Montana and Steve Young. Everyone grew up with that. That's a fan. So they think that's what a quarterback is. So like they just write off certain quarterbacks because stylistically they don't necessarily match with that. Kaepernick got written off in that way by some people like that. And yeah. so it's 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 an absolute pressure cooker. So I, I think you're right about the ex, extra circumstances that add pressure to Trey Lance. But I think the nature of being the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers is an absolute pressure cooker for any of them. It's going to be a pressure cooker if Darnold's the one that's going to play. It's going to be a pressure cooker if Purdy ends up being healthy. It's going to be a pressure cooker if Lance plays too. One more thing I want to mention before we go, and it's something that you brought to my attention when we texted earlier today and that was something that you discovered on chris long's podcast and since you found it i want you to tell people what you discovered yeah i didn't discover much rob i was listening to chris long because he had jordan palmer on his podcast and i just wanted to hear what jordan palmer had to say about these quarterbacks because i wanted to know which one he's trained and all of that suddenly the conversation gets into talking about trey lance and what's trey lance's trade value And then Jordan Palmer goes on this long conversation, basically saying that, you know, I wouldn't trade him because if let's say you're getting a fifth round pick for return. Now, he just put a fifth round pick as a hypothetical. He didn't say that's what he thinks it is or anything. He just gave a hypothetical of a fifth round pick. He's like, are you going to be able to draft a guy in the fifth round that's better than that? Probably not. And then he said in Trey's case, like you're drafted into stability. Like not a lot of people have stability and all that. And he had a long conversation about stability, ultimately leading to the comparison. He goes, Look at the guy that's going to start there this year, Sam Darnold. Look at what he's been through in his career. And Jordan Palmer is Sam Darnold's personal personal quarterback coach. And he just very naturally goes, Sam Darnold's going to start in San Francisco. Could be nothing. Could be something. I don't know. It could be interesting that he said that so definitively. Like, yo, yo. Uh, He said it extremely, extremely casually. Like, everybody um, knows this. Like, he said it as if Chris, Kyle, like, we all know Sam Darnold's going to be starting there. Like, obviously. Right. Yeah. Let me see if I can get the audio of it. Uh, I'm trying to load it up here really quick. This is from the Greenlight Podcast with Chris Long. Uh, this is Jordan Palmer. Again, Sam Darnold's personal quarterback coach. One of the things that's really valuable about Trey is not going to show up physically for him is that he's been a part of a winning organization who does things correctly. And the guy who's going to start there, Sam Darnold, has not yet been a part of an organization who does things the right way well, the right way, and yeah. has built a winning culture. He's had like four head coaches in five years, five coordinators in five years. So it could just be 
He's worked with Sam Darnold. He's going to be behind his guy. He's getting paid by Sam Darnold, right? So he's just going to act like Sam Darnold is the quarterback. Or is it that he has spoken with his client about signing with the 49ers and Sam Darnold has told him that the 49ers told him he's going to start at quarterback in week one? Oh, it's probably, it could be a mixture of the both. We don't know. There's no way to know. Yeah. It's just, it's just frustrating to hear him talk about that context as if his guy has proven something that he should be given (laughs) the starting job and Trey Lance has done something that he should not be. I mean, how many chances did his guy get in those four years of four coordinators in five years? This guy has started four games and you're talking uh, that I, I more sent it to you because it frustrated me how matter of fact he was like, yeah, Sam Darnold's um, starting. And speaking of Colin Coward, he did an interview with Colin Cowherd a couple weeks ago or a week ago on the herd. And they're both notorious Sam Darnold lovers, right? Because Jordan yeah. Palmer's his quarterback <laughs> coach. Carson Palmer went to USC. Sam Darnold was the next USC quarterback. And then yep. Colin Coward loves him some USC and some USC quarterbacks. And they were like, yeah, Sam's going to start there. And they, they made it. And the reason it's even perking to my ears right now is because mm-hmm. Rappaport has talked about the quarterback position three different times this offseason, mentioning Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold and pretending like Trey Lance doesn't even exist a part of it. Why are these high-level national people who know people, who know the power of their words, talking about it like that? It actually just frustrates me as a fan, like, to Antonio's donation earlier. Like, those are things I just want to, like, get out of my head and pretend because it makes me feel better knowing that, this is going to be a fully even competition. And Trey Lance, if he beats out Sam Darnold, he beats out Sam Darnold and all of that. But sometimes it, it, my my tinfoil hat just comes on because I'm like, what the heck? Why is Jordan Palmer being so definitive about this? Why is Rappaport not mentioning Trey Lance and saying, well, Sam Darnold was clearly brought in to be the backup. If other people don't tell you, that's not my problem. I'm going to tell you. Right. And I think that he, look, there is, a, as someone that has interviewed a lot of people, or, or done shows with a lot of people, once you you feel differently and you speak differently at the start of the interview than you do as you go along in the middle of the interview. You relax a little bit. You get more comfortable. Your guard comes down a little bit. And look, this is, I, I admit that I have no way to know this, but I have been doing this for a long time. And I just wonder if Jordan's guard came down a little bit and he was trying to make his point about the the difference between Darnold and Trey, and he wasn't quite as focused on, you know, maintaining like the secrecy that, you know, the the inside info that he may have gotten, and he just kind of let it slip out there. Maybe I'm wrong, but like you said, when you combine the Jordan Palmer comment with what guys like Rappaport have been saying, the way they have sort of been skipping over Lance, it does make me say in my head, like, gee, I wonder if there's something to this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Cinnamon Kiss, shout out to Sin. She's a very nice person. She and I have known each other, interacted in the 49ers space for years. She said, question, what if Trey requested a trade? And so we discussed this earlier because this has always been my theory on the timing, right? I feel like it's Trey Lance's representatives trying to make a push because the Niners have no pressure to trade him right now. They can trade him later in the offseason. But if Trey Lance in July finds out, hey, the Niners are rolling with Purdy, Darnold and a rookie, where is he going to go? 
And then he has to play next year. So where is he going to go that will allow him to play next year? And then how is he going to play with an abbreviated offseason? So I was like, you know, you could be, if you're Trey Lance representation, you might not want to move him. You might think if you're Trey Lance, you'll be just as successful as Brock Purdy was if you're given the chance. But right. you might be seeing, reading the tea leaves and saying, hey, that chance might not be coming here. I got to make what's the best financial move for my career because this next year of football is going to, you know, it's going to define the short-term financial future for me because they're going to make a decision on my fifth-year um, extension or my fifth-year option. And if they don't make that decision, I'm a free agent in a year. So there's a lot riding on this football season for Trey Lance. I asked Grant to ask this question for this reason to John Lynch. He mm -hmm. asked the question, and usually John Lynch, if he's going to be honest with you, he'll give you a direct answer. If he doesn't want to lie to you, he won't lie to you and say no. He'll just give you a long-winded explanation of what the plan is and what they're doing. For example, what he talked about earlier when they trade Trey Lance trade yep. request, right? Or trade situation. He talked about Mike McGlinchey and Trent Williams and this and that and this. He definitively said no to the idea that Trey Lance's representation could push to move. So I don't think this is a conversation at this point, unfortunately. Because that's how real people talk. When you have a conversation with people, you just answer questions differently. If I'm going to meet you somewhere for lunch, Vish, and I say, hey, have you left your house yet? You're not going to say, well, I was planning on leaving my house at this time. And then certain you're just going to say yes or no. Right. That's how real people talk, especially when you're being honest, like you said. So the fact that he just said no, and he didn't sound too thrilled with the question, like, shh. Don't say that out loud. Don't give Trey or his people any ideas. But he shot it down and he shot it down quick. And to me, that's what you just like he did with the Bosa. Oh, what if a team calls to trade with Nick Bosa? Oh, the hotline's closed. Boom. Shut it down. Immediate. The fact that they didn't do that with other stuff, I do think is telling. And by the way, just so we're, we're on the topic of Rappaport and this entire idea of how they say things and how they don't say things. Just a year ago at this time, one Debo Samuel had requested a trade coming off an all-pro season. Mm -hmm. Ian Rappaport went on Pat McAfee and they asked him, and he said the 49ers have received two legitimate offers and they're not even entertaining them. They shut them down. They're not trading Debo Samuel. And Debo Samuel requested a trade <laughs> and he said that. So if they were not willing to trade Trey Lance or not even pondering it or having conversations about it, that's how Ian Rappaport would have reported that the 49ers received calls about Trey Lance. He didn't report it that way. We're in for an off-season ride, I'll tell you that. That's why when John Lynch says, oh, we expect Trey to be here, what John Lynch expects in April before the draft occurs doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. Kyle Shanahan told us they needed a starting quarterback when they were looking. That's why they traded up. Two years ago at this time when he told us why they traded up for a draft. About 20 minutes after he selected Trey Lance and after when he was asked about Jimmy Garoppolo, he said, I can't even anticipate if anybody will be alive. He said, <laughs> you know, there's there's a, it's really hard to beat out Jimmy Garoppolo. He's done a lot in this league. We had a conversation with him and we're looking for him to be a part of the 49ers moving forward. So like, this, this stuff is fluid, very fluid, right? That's yeah. And, and honestly, like it's going to be fluid in June when Brock starts to throw and we see, you know, that's like the biggest sort of check mark. It's going to be fluid. Then it's going to be fluid if Brock's not ready to start the year and Trey comes out in training camp and kills it or Sam comes out in training camp and kills it, which I don't think is right. going to happen. But right. maybe it my point is it's going to change multiple times before we even play a single snap of the regular season. Yeah. And I will say this to my core. I believe this. If you're a 49ers fan. 
everything that you should be praying for this offseason is that Trey Lance magically just took whatever step the Niners wanted him to take and he comes out and kills it. And it's really just because of the Brock Purdy injury. Because of the injury, because of how hurt he is, the best possible scenario is that the 49ers hold on to Trey Lance and he just explodes, right? What are you doing if Sam Darnold explodes? Signing him next year to a massive extension? It's true. Well, I think he will, he will explode, but not in a way. <laughs> not in a way that's going to help anything. He's going to explode in a way where he fumbles the ball to the other team or he throws right. an interception. But I see your point. The easiest thing is for Trey because he's already under contract or Brock right. once he Well, the easiest thing would have been Brock is just healthy. He comes in and he has a great year too. Now that we're going through this without him having the offseason, the next easiest thing is that Lance fully recovers. He comes back and he kills it. Sign, sign me too on Twitch. Uh, at stats on fire on Twitch. If you don't follow me, says Kyle would sign Sam Darnold to a five-year extension. I mean, that's kind of what happened with Jimmy Garoppolo. And so we don't know, but James, John Lynch spoke today. Oh, go, go ahead. See that James Thomas comment right there. This is an interesting one. Brock's season last year gave me some rookie Barber uh, Baker Mayfield vibes. Smaller guy that made a lot of plays, a lot of which could have just been very. Baker Mayfield broke the rookie touchdown record his rookie without, year without starting a full season. Yeah. Um, so, and that's why, again, that's why I continue to say we won't know if we've got a franchise guy for years, multiple years. Um, but that's why I think it's a mistake for the 49ers to be as convicted as they say, as they are on Brock Purdy, because it's, it's just way too soon. And they should know that fish. They should know. That's John Lynch's favorite word, dude. Yeah, it is. He uses that like four times a presser. And I'm like, who's going to jail? Who's going to jail? Oh, you just have <laughs> conviction on somebody. He's been convicted. Yeah. Brock Purdy has been convicted to be the 49ers starting quarterback. Unfortunately for him, it's not a position you hold long. Don't buy any green bananas, bro. The rookie, the rookie year Baker is a very interesting comparison because I, I think their skill sets are different. But when he talked about the high variance plays that existed, James Thomas, you got me intrigued. I'm gonna go watch some rookie year Baker after this draft. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it with tons of guys. Tons of guys have come out and had one good year, and then the defenses adjust. And they don't have good years anymore because the defense is figuring them out. That's part of what makes franchise quarterbacks great is that they adjust to the defenses that have studied them all year long. They're able to do that. They have the skill set and the mental capacity to do it. Not everybody does. And we right. don't, I'm not saying Brock doesn't for the record. I'm not saying that. I'm so all I'm saying is we don't know. Just like we don't know on Trey Lance. We don't know. And we just want the 49ers to find out. Yeah, 100%. And I think ultimately we don't know is the right answer to this. And I think that's why I think I'm so surprised that the 49ers are seemingly so sure about anything. When you've made as many mistakes as they've made at the quarterback position, when so much has gone wrong, like you were so sure Kirk Cousins was going to be your quarterback in 2018 <laughs> that you didn't even study Patrick Mahomes, who in my mind is the best quarterback I've ever seen, at least to start his career. We've never seen anybody start their career like Patrick Mahomes. And you didn't study him because you were so sure Kirk Cousins was going to be your quarterback. And Kirk <laughs> Cousins is still not your quarterback. And so when the plan has gone astray this many times, why wouldn't you want to keep all available options open? And I would say if there's one thing that there's, there is a little bit of a differentiation between Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, I don't think there's a differentiation in their view viewpoints of Brock Purdy or that. I think there's a small differentiation in the sense that Kyle seems more willing to the idea that there's 
open available options. Now that available option is Trey. It's also Sam Darnold. He he'll go for another two minutes on Sam Darnold's skill set <laughs> and his ability to throw the ball and his feet and all of that. So but good. I, I think that he is more willing to have an open mind on this, whereas John Lynch wants a set in stone, organized pecking order, I think. And I think he wants that impression to be there to not have to answer these questions, whereas Shanahan doesn't give a crap about whether you ask him about Sam Darnold, Trey Lance, or Brock Purdy, clearly. Here we are, Vish. It's April 24th. We don't know anything about the 49ers quarterback situation for sure. And the 49ers, to me, keep trying to tell you or act like they do. But I think what you said is is accurate. They have not started and completed a quarterback plan that they have had. They just have never done it. And they're not going to do it now. I mean, the plan was Trey Lance. They've already stopped that plan. Brock Purdy, because of injury, we don't know. They just, they're too fickle, I think, at times. Like, you want to be flexible, but you don't want to be fickle. I mean, they've never had a greater opportunity to be flexible than this offseason because of injuries, Mm -hmm. and they haven't seized that opportunity at all. This entire offseason, they didn't have to talk about the quarterbacks. They could have said Brock's hurt. We can't talk about him until he comes back. We don't know when he's coming back. They could have said Trey is hurt. We got to see how he is this offseason. And Sam Darnold, we like him. But guess what? We got to bring him into the building and see what he's like. We'll tell you a little bit later. But right now, we like all three guys. But all three guys have a reason that we cannot definitively tell you anything. And they could have just moved along because we couldn't have questioned that. Like, you're right. But instead, they said, no, Brock's the leader in the clubhouse. Trey will be competing with Sam. Rappaport's reported three different times about them trading Trey. They've done all of these different things to create the drama themselves. I totally agree. Sasha says most teams build around their quarterback. We make that position our last consideration. Sometimes it does feel like that. And this is one that drives me nuts. Dean, why bother trying to read into what John Lynch and Shanahan say about the quarterback situation? They're not going to tell anyone anything on the subject. Reading into it is meaningless speculation. That's the thing, Dean. Vish just laid it out. They do tell you meaningful things about it because they do. coach speak would be what Vish just said. Both guys are hurt. We don't know. That's coach speak. They didn't say coach speak. They said Brock's the leader in the clubhouse. Then they said Sam is going to compete. They're the ones throwing these chunks of meat out there for us, the Lions, to go and scramble after and eat. They're chumming the water constantly. That's why we keep having these conversations. <sighs> Am I wrong? No, no, you're absolutely right. I, I personally despise when not to go at you specifically, Dean, but I despise when people say this, like, why are you guys talking about it? Who cares about it? Why do you talk about anything in life? Because you're interested (laughs) in it. You want to have a conversation about it. That's all. Like, why do you talk about you know, what's going on in the world? What do you know that's going to happen tomorrow? Shannon is right. None of us know if we're going to be surviving tomorrow. So why do we talk about that? Because we're interested in it. And Dean is clearly interested enough in it because he's listening to us talk about it. <laughs> Hi, Dean. You're here. Yeah. I mean, and like, this is what we do, right? Like I, I, it's, a lot of people were like, why do you care about the questions they ask so much in the press conference? Like, this is, this is what I do. I literally have no other job right now. So of course I care about it. And, 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 Separate from that, I'm just a fan in general. Yeah, but... I, I care because I'm a fan. I love the sport. I love the 49ers. Um, I love the business side. I love everything about it. I think all of it is interesting. The X's and O's, everything. 
And I love conversations about it with people that are willing to have conversations about it, right? Like I would have this conversation with you, Rob, 10 times out of 10 on the phone without us even ever streaming about it. <laughs> In That's fact, what I we actually did. I spoke yeah. for an hour earlier today. Right, we have right, two exactly. shows. We got to get the the conversations to be uh, a show, the behind the glass, behind the scenes. That's where the juicy stuff is. How Vish and Rob prep for a show. Well, they call each other and they talk <laughs> to each other for one hour about some some 49ers topic. They decide that's what's going to be the show is on. And then they come here and they continue that conversation and talk about something completely different for an hour than they talked about on the phone. That's 100% accurate. But that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Please like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Gold Standard Network. Also, please rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. If you leave a review, like the one that said Vish is constantly late and they won't listen, we will read it on the show. Vish, (sighs) I'm unfulfilled by the John Lynch press conference, but hopefully the draft gives us a little more fulfillment the next time I talk to you. He says... What do you think about Brock Purdy? What do you think about Brock Purdy throwing with his left hand in OTA? Yeah, Brock did joke that uh, he joked with the Kelsey brothers that he learned how to throw with his left hand. I'd rather have that than Sam Darnold. I'll say that. Uh, Vish, the next time we talk, the 49ers will have made draft picks. Are you excited about that? Oh, yeah, every time. By the way, shout out to Marvin49. I was able to interact with him on Twitter, too. That guy religiously for years has put that put the entire draft on YouTube almost immediately. Sometimes it's hard to get between the NFL Network and the ESPN to hear both because sometimes the coverage of the pick goes simultaneously. He gets both of them on there. So if you're looking to catch that, that's one of my favorite parts of draft time, yes. listening to it live and then going back on his YouTube page and watching it over again. The 49ers on the day of the draft and the day after the draft always make the five or six or how many ever players they drafted. Those are the 10, 12 greatest draft picks in the history of the sport. <laughs> that's how I always feel about it. That's how I'll continue to feel about it. Can't wait. Uh, just so everybody knows, we are going to be live, not on Thursday night, unless the four, if the 49ers trade up, we'll go live, we'll react. But the plan right now is because they don't have a pick and John Lynch said today, these not, they're not going to have anything to do on Thursday. We're not going to be live on Thursday night unless they trade up on day two, uh, Levin and I are going to go live probably like 10, 15 minutes before the 49ers are on the clock. Talk about what's happened and get ready for the 49ers picks. We'll stay live here on YouTube and, and Facebook. On all that stuff, my Twitch page, at Stats on Fire, we'll stay live through all the picks, uh, and then we'll react to everything that happens. Vish, you're more than welcome to hop in there. Uh, we you have would a love draft to have crush, you. Rob? You have a draft Sam crush? Sam Laporta is my draft crush, this year, which has no chance of actually happening. But Yeah, I don't just... think he may. I was going to say that's when I don't think he makes it that far, Rob. Yeah, I agree, but I can dream. Michelle's got me all hopped up on Sam Laporta, so blame her. Um, but if you want to join us, you're more than welcome, but I hope everybody does join us because we will – react to all the picks we will be live on friday night fish i hope you have a fantastic day my friend thank you my friend looking forward to this um you know i'm sorry that you weren't satisfied by john lynch's presser i'm hoping the draft will satisfy you rob but these are always fun we'll talk to you next week everybody Mm -hmm.